Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, everyone? And thank you for listening to The Incline and Meeting on the Mound today. We have an exciting show as we are going to be talking about the Dodgers' upcoming game tonight that will be starting at 5.05 Pacific Time. You can catch that on the typical Dodgers Sportsnet LA channel as well as AM570 if you prefer. But they're going to be playing the Chicago Cubs tonight. And though Jock Peterson is not in the lineup, which I think as Dodgers fans, we would have loved to see a glimpse of Jock in the lineup. The Cubs are going to be rolling out a lineup we're actually not accustomed to seeing, which we'll dive into in just a minute. But for the Dodgers, Jimmy Nelson is taking the mound. That's obviously exciting to see for us because we actually had Jimmy Nelson on the show last week. So Jake Reiner and David Rosenthal, how are you guys doing today? We're doing good, Kevin. We're excited for another uh, spring training Dodgers baseball game. Like you said, Jock Peterson not in the lineup. A little disappointed about that. Um, he's had a, a decent spring so far from what I can tell. I know he had a home run yesterday, a bomb to like dead right center field. Um, so um, I was looking forward to seeing him playing with the Cubs. But like you mentioned, the, this Cubs lineup is, is kind of unrecognizable. Obviously, uh, a bunch of these guys will not be in their starting lineup uh, come opening day. Um, but for the Dodgers, it is another cast of characters uh, that they are trying to make the squad. And uh, I, I, I couldn't be more happy or thrilled with, with how our hitters are doing so far this spring. Yeah, looking going, forward David? to it. It's good, guys. Good to be here. Uh, how's everyone doing in the chat? Uh, thanks for coming in. I'm looking forward to the, the pitching staff today. Uh, we're going to get our first look at Jimmy Nelson as a Dodger, basically, and uh, obviously Josiah Gray, the, our number one pitching prospect. Um, so this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, tr- my guy Trinan's going to pitch. Victor Gonzalez is going to pitch. Edwin Uceda is going to pitch, and Ryan Pepio, who's uh, you know the changeup and and his his stuff has been pretty pretty electric recently. So I think. You know, he's I, honestly. We'll, we'll get into the opening day roster a bit later, but I, I think he's got a shot, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you guys for all joining us. If anyone wants to drop a question in the chat or at any point come up and speak with us, just hit that speaker request button, and we'd love to talk some baseball with you. But let's talk about the lineups today for the Dodgers. A lot of guys were were accustomed to seeing at the top, and then it gets cooler at the bottom with some fringe guys, but Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, AJ Pollock, Edwin Rios, Austin Barnes, Zach McKinstry, Matt Davidson, Sheldon Noisy, and James Ottman, one of my favorite new guys, Outman, I mean, and Jimmy Nelson is the pitcher. So let's talk about their lineup first. What are your takeaways? Who are you going to keep your eye out on? 
Well, I know you like this guy. Outman's been unbelievable so far this spring in terms of his athletic ability. I mean, he's been uh, getting everything in center field. Um, he's only one for five so far with the bat, with a double and a walk. Um, but he's been really exciting so far this spring. And then uh, my guy, Zach McKinstry, that guy that I have been following since the beginning. I think he's going to make the opening day roster. I'm really excited to see him progress in spring. He's already three for six uh, with an RBI and a stolen base. And interestingly enough, he uh, he played center field yesterday. So he's played three positions so far in his three starts. And uh, yesterday he went one for two with an RBI double. So he is on fire uh, to start the spring. I'm really, really happy um, that he uh, is, is the guy, I think, that is, that is going to replace Kike uh, on the opening day roster. I agree. I think McKinstry is basically there at this point. I think they're just, you know, they're playing him all around the field, second, third, outfield. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. I think, you know, what it comes down to is who's going to be that right-handed hitter off the bench. Uh, Matt Davidson's, you know, a candidate. Sheldon Noisy is a candidate. Uh, so I'm more interested in the, the bottom half of this lineup, see what these young guys can do, fight for a spot. I, I always like seeing the young guys kind of, you know, comp- competing. Uh, we obviously know the top of the lineup is, is already going to be on the team. They're just, you know, getting some reps in. But I, I, I'm more interested in the guys who are fighting for a spot, uh, fighting for that experience, and, and going to showcase what they can really do. Uh, but as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm more interested in this pitching staff uh, and we got our, our question from David Vargas. How do you guys feel about PPO? I kind of touched on that earlier. I think this dude's got a shot to make the opening day roster, uh, especially with Joe Kelly's uh, phantom injury. We don't know what's going on there. Uh, but his stuff is pretty electric. Uh, Blake Blake Harris, who's actually in this chat, posted a nice little cut-up of, of his stuff. Uh, you guys should check that out. Uh, so I'm excited to see him pitch today. And obviously he'll get the uh, – looks like he's going to get the last inning of the game. Uh, so it'll be against, you know, some of the Cubs backups, double backups, whatever you want to call them per se. But uh, it's it's all about how he looks out there and his command. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. There's just too many arms. So yeah. I don't think he's going to make it. It's a great problem to have. We're going to talk about some more pitchers who we've seen a quick inning out of probably in a few minutes. But to just continue back on this lineup, Jake already mentioned it. James Outman is becoming one of my favorite Dodgers very, very quickly. This guy is just dazzling out there. Who knew what kind of range he had in center field? That diving catch was remarkable. And he also had an RBI, just to add to what he's done so far this spring training. Seventh round pick back in 2018, and he's only 23. So he is certainly someone you have to keep your eye out on in the long term. I don't know if we'll see him this season just because of the amount of depth the Dodgers have. But wow. Maybe in a year or two, when maybe we lose Chris Taylor or someone else to free agency, you plug in Outman, and that could be an exciting guy in your outfield. Um, DJ Peters, who's not in the lineup today, just what a great spring training he's been having so far. He has not even recorded in single outs yet. He's two for two, three or four walks now. He has a home run. He scored three runs. If you want to talk about a potential bat to make this opening day roster as the right-handed bat, DJ Peters is making quite a statement, and I'm loving seeing the body of work from him. He's looked very disciplined. Obviously, the swing and miss, chasing stuff was something we were concerned about. But so far, DJ Peters has looked phenomenal. 
Yeah, he's not only making contact, but he is grinding out at bats. And uh, you mentioned he had three walks so far. He's not been he's not been out put out yet. Um, scored three runs, no strikeouts so far. So really, really uh, strong improvements there from DJ Peters. We've known for a couple seasons now that he can knock the ball out of the park, but that was never the issue. The issue was his contact. And he has been making a lot of loud contact as well as working the count, which is what the Dodgers uh, take pride in, is grinding out at bats, wearing down these pitchers. And just quickly for, you know, Outman, I mean, if he doesn't make the team or, or whatever happens with this dude, he's got a great baseball name. So we can never forget about that. Um, James Outman, uh, just, a, just a star so far this spring. Um, a couple of other guys. I mean, if you're looking at DJ Peters, right? as one of the right-handed bats off the bench, there's actually quite a bit of competition so far this spring when it comes to that spot on the bench. And I'm also talking about Matt Davidson, a Sheldon Noisy, uh, who they brought in uh, over from the A's in the uh, Caleric trade. Uh, he's been, he's been uh, interesting so far. One for five overall uh, for Sheldon Noisy. He, he got that single yesterday. Um, but threw an absolute seed from third base yesterday. I know that uh, that Blake Harris put that on his Twitter, and it was just an unbelievable throw. It looked like he actually did a full windup and pitched it from third to first. Um, so he's got a cannon. Um, I just love all these guys that the Dodgers have that can play literally all over the field. Yeah, you know who else has stood out to me is Michael Bush. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this guy is going to be a, a perennial starter for the Dodgers at some point in his career. I don't know. You know, it's tough because he's not going to make the opening day roster this year because there's just absolutely no room. Uh, but if he was on another team, I think he'd absolutely make make the roster and possibly even start this year. And this guy's still young. Uh, he's he's going to take some probably another year to develop in the Dodgers system, and we might see him next year, I would guess. Uh, but they're going to have a tough time keeping this guy down at this point. I mean, he look, he looks like he belongs right now. So I mentioned that the Cubs lineup they're rolling out today is not what we're accustomed to seeing, so I'll just share those names real quick in order. Hap at the top, Horner, Vargas, Bodie, Romine, Ortega, Wisdom, Rivas, Hermosillo, and Trevor Williams is going to be their starter today. So for the Dodgers side of things, Overall, it's a relatively easy lineup for these pitchers, so I'm excited to see what Josiah Gray is going to offer today. We're going to see Victor Gonzalez come out of the pen, Edwin Usenta, Blake Trinan, David's boy, and then Pepio. Yeah, and uh, Blake Blake Harris put in the chat, apparently Noisy actually pitched years ago, clocked at 93 miles an hour. I, I'm pretty sure that's what he that's what he clocked from third to first base yesterday, so that makes a lot of sense. And it looked like he it looked like it was a windup too. But I'm also excited to see a friend of the show, Jimmy Nelson, uh, start this game. I'm really rooting for him uh, to be one of our, uh, you know, plethora of starters available to pitch this season because this dude um, had a bit of hard luck last year. They signed him. He got injured. Uh, he didn't. He didn't pitch for us last year. So I'm really looking forward to him uh, getting getting out there, getting healthy. Uh, we know that when he is healthy, he is a really good pitcher. And like, you know, for, for a couple of years there with the Brewers, he was pretty dominant and, and gave us a run for our money uh, when he pitched against the Dodgers. So super excited for Jimmy Nelson. Uh, I really loved uh, the interview we did with him on the Incline Pod. You should go check that out. But um, he, he's, been, he's been really uh, taking a liking to Corey Knable. Obviously, they, the two of those guys were, were teammates on the Brewers. 
But what did you guys think of uh, of Knable yesterday? He had a little bit of a rough outing, um, but I thought his curveball looked insane. I mean, just dropped off the table. Unfortunately, he he pitched. Uh, he couldn't get out of the second inning. Couldn't get three outs. He gave up one run on three hits, and the Dodgers elected to roll over to the next inning after throwing twenty one pitches. But what did you guys see from Knable yesterday? The curveball looked great. The movement on it was just spectacular. That's what we're looking for this upcoming season with Knable. Now, obviously, the fastball, he hung a few over the middle of the plate. But at the same time, it's spring training. And, you know, this could be something intentional that Knable's just trying to work through. Um, unfortunately, we don't get to see the velocity, which kind of irritates me because they do show it at the stadium. So I would have been curious to see what his velocity on those fastballs were, as well as the spin rate. But I think he looked fine overall. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys mentioned it. The curveball looks great. Uh, and I saw the, the tail on the fastball, although he wasn't, you know, locating it perfectly. He had a couple pitches where it looked like vintage, you know, 2018 or 2017 Corey Knable. Uh, so this is, you know, spring training is, isn't meant for, you know, you can't take the, just look at the stats. This is all about the eye test in spring training. How does he look? Where, how's the pitches look? It's not about, you know, how many runs he gives up and all that stuff. It's, it's about what's, he, you know, these, this is just getting reps for these guys. Uh, and I was encouraged from what I saw from him. Obviously, you know, he's going to have to perform better than that, you know, to, to pitch high leverage innings. And I'm sure he will. Uh, but overall, curveball looked great. Uh, and the, the tail on the fastball also looked good. So I was, I was impressed with this first outing. Yeah, David said it best. So Julio Urias actually started for the Dodgers yesterday, and he was not able to get out of the inning. Unfortunately, there was a combination of the umpire squeezing him, so maybe those umps, they're trying to get back into the flow of things as well. I don't know. I've seen that across Major League Baseball. These umpires, man, they need a, you know, I don't know, they need an extra cup of coffee in the morning or something, but, like, it's been happening across the board, uh, just getting squeezed left and right. Yeah, I mean, on one side of things, you hate it, but at the, at the, other, t- at the other side of things, I kind of like it a little bit because – these Dodgers pitchers are so good and the umpires are essentially giving them a challenge. So I like, (laughs) I like to see the challenge for these guys early on in spring training. Don't make it too easy. And yeah, obviously I said Urias was not able to get out of the inning, but overall I think he still looked good. You know, he generated a couple swings and misses. Yeah. At the same time, he did give up some contact and a run, but I'm still not worried at the end of the day, you know, you got to remember it's spring training and Urias is definitely in the mix to be a starter. I believe Dave Roberts at the end of the game mentioned that he could see potentially Dustin May, Gonsolin, and Urias all making the opening opening day roster. That still remains to be seen. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on Urias and maybe even Dustin May because we've got to see him as well. David, you want to go ahead with Urias? Yeah. You know, he, he didn't look as sharp as he did, obviously, in the playoffs. And I'm not too worried about it. Um, we, I was hoping he would just get through that first inning, you know, one, two, three, and we could finally, you know, not have this weird narrative where he can't really get out of the first inning. Uh, but unfortunately that's going to have to continue for another start. Like I mentioned before, these, this is just reps for guys like Arias. Uh, he's going to be on the roster. Uh, he's probably going to be that fifth starter. So this is simply just a warm up. uh, nothing serious. I wasn't too encouraged from that start, but Look, look what we saw him do in the, in the playoffs against Milwaukee, against San Diego, against uh, Tampa Bay. So that's, that's, what you, that's what you look at when you're, when you're analyzing Julio Rios. See what he does 
in the uh, when it matters. And uh, you know, spring training is great, but does it matter? No, it doesn't. So I'm not I'm not concerned whatsoever about Julio. I'm not concerned either, but it is worth pointing out that in another first inning, I know it's spring training, I know it's his first outing, and and normally it wouldn't make headlines at all, but we know historically Julio's had a tough time in the first inning. He has a career ERA of 4.97 in the first inning, and opposing hitters are hitting 295 against him. And the next highest batting average against Urias is 239, so it drops off the table in the sixth inning. So after the first inning, he is completely fine. Um, but for whatever reason, it, 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 it's still, for, for whatever reason, it's nagging him. I don't know what happens in the first inning, but for Urias, I'm not worried long-term with him, obviously. I mean, he, he has shown that whatever role you put him in, he succeeds. And for him, you know, it was a, uh, it was an interesting outing. Uh, he wasn't missing a lot of bats. Again, he was getting squeezed. He threw about 27 pitches. And then the Dodgers, which is so bizarre. I know, I know that, you know, there are a lot of different rules now in, in spring training this year. The games are only going, you know, five to seven innings. And the managers can elect to roll over the next inning if their pitcher exceeds 20 pitches, which I think is actually a really great rule for spring training. And I'm, I am digging these short games too, because these games go by pretty quickly and it'll allow the, the managers to, you know, force to get more players in there. But man, I remember, you know, every year up until, up until this year, having to like, you know, kind of wait for the game to be over. It would take forever because there'd be like, you know, 19 pitching changes and you'd get all these different guys in and it would just be a mess. So I much prefer how they're doing it this season, shortening the games and then also that rule where you can roll over to the next inning. Yeah, hopefully Rob Manfred doesn't get any ideas in the uh, upcoming 2022 CBA though. Oh Lord. Yeah, so there's two hitters I want to talk about now. Matt Beatty and Gavin Lux. We'll start with Beatty who's actually looked really good this spring. It's a very big spring training for him because he is on the cusp of the 26-man roster in the minor leagues. He just kinds of finds himself in the middle of that. But so far, he's 3-for-5, a run scored, an RBI, a 667 on base. So how about Matt Beatty? He's looked really locked in at the plate. So we'll start with him. Do you guys think if he continues this path, they're going to include him on the opening day roster? I think so, but it is it is going to be difficult for him because the Dodgers, like we've been saying, have needed a right-handed bat for a long time. And so he's sort of competing with Edwin Rios to be one of the main left-handed bats. And if you're going to keep McKinstry, he's also left-handed. So, yes, this is a very important spring training for Matt Beatty. He does look really good, all, even though he is performing a small sample size. He's performing better than Rios at the, at the, at the moment. Uh, Rios is one for three with a walk and a strikeout. I think Rios has the edge just because of the uh, ability for Rios to hit the ball out of the park. And we've seen him come through in the playoffs in limited playing time. So I think Rios has the edge right now to make the opening day roster. But for Matt Beatty, he's making Dave Roberts and everyone else's job. It is to conduct this, to construct this roster there. He's giving them a hard time, a hard decision to make. Yeah, I agree. I mean, 
Beatty and Rios are, are kind of, you know, on two sides of the coin. You know, Rios is going to, he's going to hit home runs and he's going to strike out and, and Beatty's basically going to put the ball in play for the most part. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they value more. I, I would agree. I think Rios has the edge just based off what we saw last year. Uh, and you know, the, the tendency to how home runs are, are ruling the game these days. But, but, you know, Beatty's doing everything he can to, to get that spot. And I'd love to talk about, um, you know, how we think this roster is going to shape up uh, if we want to do that now or later. But I, I got some notes on that where I think there's about four spots up for grabs. I think we got 22 locks right now, and I, I'd love to talk about that those last four spots uh, whenever you guys are, are trying to do that. But I, I, it's a tight race between Rios and Beatty in my mind. Yeah, we'll do that after we talk about one other player, and that's Gavin Lux, who is no longer rookie eligible, worth noting if you didn't already know that. How about Gavin Lux looking really locked in this spring training? I mean, he's not really swinging and missing at anything. It looks like his batting stance is a little more mature as well. He just looks really confident at the plate. So far, he's three for five, two runs in RBI, a 1.200 OPS. And if there was someone that we needed to have a big spring training, it's Gavin Lux. And after the game as well, two maybe two days ago, Dave Roberts mentioned there is a certain possibility that Gavin Lux will be facing both right-handed pitchers and left-handed pitchers. So they're certainly not ruling that out for Gavin Lux. And while we know Chris Taylor is in the mix as well, it's just a good thing to see when you have your manager confident and your batter being able to hit both sides of the plate. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Gavin Lux being the everyday second baseman. It has been a long time since the Dodgers have had an everyday second baseman. I mean, it's been just a revolving door. It feels every single year, everyone's had their shot. And I'd like to see Gavin Lux be a staple there at second base, righties and le- versus righties versus lefties, whatever. Um, I think Chris Taylor is going to fill in, you know, like we, like we expect him to all over the diamond when it comes to uh, facing lefties, for sure. He's going to spell Justin Turner. Uh, a lot uh, for for Turner to get that rest at third base. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for Gavin Lux. And from what I can tell, watching him hit, Kevin, you touched on it, but like he looks just really calm and quiet at the plate. And then once the pitch is delivered, he explodes. And his his swing does look a little different. And he's and he's getting a lot of hard contact. He he only has you know three hits, all singles so far. But the and I wish I knew that what the exit velocity was, but just the sound of it and the side of it, he's hitting the ball really hard. Yeah, the one thing I've noticed about Gavin Lux is he just looks confident. Uh, we didn't, we haven't seen that from him in, in you know, basically since 2019. Last year it was, he kind of looked like he was pressing at the plate and and on defense too. I mean, we haven't mentioned that he he you know a lot of people you know thought he had the yips last year and he couldn't throw the ball. He was bouncing it. Uh, but he looks confident in all aspects of his game, and that's what that's what he needs to be, uh, because this dude is a top prospect. He's a talented player, uh, and he's starting to act like it, and it's it's showing off in his in his production thus far in, in spring training. Uh, I was very very pleased to hear Dave Roberts say that, yeah, Gavin Lux is going to be a stalwart at second base. He's going to play versus lefties and righties, and uh, that's that's what we need. I mean. You know they they've kind of they kind of eased him in in 2019. Didn't really get a full shot. He was still super young, and then last year was kind of a lost year for him. Uh, although he did have that stretch where he hit a couple home runs in Colorado and Arizona, uh, but this year is is going to be Gavin Lux's year. I feel it. Uh, I'm a tad biased, uh, but I, I do think that this kid is going to finally break out uh, to the 
talented player that he really is because uh, it's there. I mean, watch his highlights. Watch his AAA highlights. Watch his AA highlights. You can see some of it in 2019. It's there. It's just a matter of is he able to tap into it and do it with confidence, which I think we're seeing right now. I also so we- remember that. I also remember this random stat. You guys can call me on it if I, if I'm dead wrong, but I, I believe in either was it either last year or 2019 he had the longest home run. The one he hit, the one yep, he hit in he Colorado, hit Coors, right? Yeah, that was the longest home run for a Dodger, I think. That was last season, right? Yeah, that was a tank. Correct. Yeah, an absolute bomb. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so we just saw Gavin Lux play shortstop just the other night, and that's worth noting because we actually might be seeing Gavin Lux playing some shortstop during the regular season. And the reason is simple. They are going to have to give Corey Seager nights off, and especially with no designated hitter, you know, you can't expect a guy like Seager to play every day. And while you certainly hope Gavin Lux doesn't get too good because you, you don't want them to just let Corey Seager walk in free agency, it's nice to see the versatility that they're willing to give their give with Lux. And, you know, that helps Chris Taylor as well. You know, you have some nights where Lux is at shortstop and Taylor's at second. So it's it's definitely great to see. The one thing we know about Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers is they love their guys that can play multiple positions. And that can only benefit a guy like Gavin Lux if you can get him into the lineup as many nights as possible. Definitely. Um, so every you guys feel free to jump up if you want. I know there's a few people in the room, but like you know, we're we're you know we're happy to to continue talking amongst the three of us. But if you guys have any questions, comments, hot takes, anything, uh, hit the request to speak button, and we'll get you up here. Yeah. So David mentioned he wanted to talk about possibly four open roster spots. So I'm going to give him that opportunity right now. Okay. Yeah. So this is, you know, we, I think I'm confident saying there's going to be 22 locks to make the opening day roster as it stands right now. And I'm just going to go through those real quick. Cause some of them are obvious. So Kershaw, Bueller, Bauer, Price, Arias, Jansen, Trinan, Knable, Gonzalez, Gratterall, and I'm going to go Dustin May at this point, I think is a lock to make the roster in some capacity. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know if he's going to be in relief, but I think he's going to be on there. And on the offensive side, Will Smith, Barnes, Muncie, Lux, Taylor, Seager, Turner. I'm going to go with Rios right now because I think that's just Pollock. Uh, So that leaves for four spots on the pitching side of things, Tony Gonsolin, Jimmy Nelson, Joe Kelly, who I don't know if he's going to be on there because he's kind of injured right now. Garrett Clevenger, Scott Alexander, Dennis Santana, Alex Vesia, Edwin Uceda, and Brandon Morrow, who we haven't really seen at all. And on the offensive side, Zach McKinstry, DJ Peters, Matt Davidson, Sheldon Noisy, and Matt Beatty. Um, I'm tending to, I'm almost ready to put McKinstry as, as a lock at this point, but I'm going to let you guys discuss uh, what, what you think is going to happen with these last four. Um, you you cut out a little bit, David, there for a second. Could you repeat the uh, the bench players you had? Yeah. So on the pitching side of things, we got Gonsolin, Nelson, Kelly, Cleven, Clevenger, Clevenger, Alexander, Santana, Vesia, Uceda, Morrow, who we haven't seen at all yet, uh, Zach McKinstry, DJ Peters, Matt Davidson, Sheldon Noisy, and Matt Beatty for four spots. Uh, granted, I'm I'm giving Rios and May the nod right now, and I think I'm feeling comfortable by doing that. Okay. I look, I, I think that the I think McKinstry's gonna be on this roster. I think that there's just been too much talk of him being the replacement to Kike Hernandez. We've already seen him play multiple positions. They're giving him regular uh starts uh to start the spring, and I think they're really they're really trying to say, okay, is this guy someone we can count on 
whenever we need him to. I mean, that's a really tough role when you think about being a utility player and also being a young guy too, because you'd expect a, you know, a hot young prospect to get, you know, many, many reps uh, as a starter in the, if you're going to bring him up to the big club, they usually don't bring young guys up to the big club that haven't had the major league experience yet and have them sit on the bench. So this is a very difficult spot for someone like Zach McKinstry to be in. So I think they're giving him those opportunities to see if he can come through. I think, I think McKinstry is going to be there. Um, I think Rios is going to be there. Um, and depending on, on what happens this spring, um, I think it's either going to be DJ Peters or Sheldon Noisy as the, as the right-handed bat off the bench. Certainly Peters has been the guy. Uh, he's been there the, uh, the longest with the organization. Uh, you know, Noisy just showed up the other day. But, um, you know, like we were talking about, it's going to be an issue with his contact. And, you know, Sheldon Noisy needs to, needs to secure this job. I mean, he, he's been brought over uh, from the A's to, to try and make this roster. And I think those are the, those are the two guys that are going to be the, the top two guys competing for that right-handed bat off the bench. I think Matt Davidson has, has more of an outside chance. Okay, so let me just make something clear. If you're going with two offensive guys for two of the last four spots, that means the team would only be carrying 13 pitchers. Yeah, I'm fine with that because if you because if you carry, you know, essentially starters slash long relievers like May or Gonsolin or one of those guys, I'm comfortable with that. You know, it 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 makes up for maybe one less arm in the bullpen. I'm gonna throw a curveball in there because whoa, I don't baseball think term. He, I don't think his <laughs> name's been mentioned, and it's early, but he's made two appearances so far. And as much as I was hard on him a year ago. Dennis Santana has been looking pretty good. Yeah. And he's yep. a guy who has enough major league experience at this point where we could see him making the opening day roster as a long relief pitcher. And, you know, maybe they decide to go with Santana over Dustin May because they want to continue to develop Dustin May in the minors as a starting pitcher and feel more comfortable giving him a consistent role rather than bring him, bringing him out of the bullpen. And I don't think we can rule that out. So we'll see how Santana continues to look this spring training, but I'm not going to rule him out of the conversation just yet because this is someone that the Dodgers still do believe in. Yeah, I'll just say real quick about Santana. He's looked great this spring, and don't forget, he was a huge part of why the Dodgers were able to uh, come away with one of those big extra inning wins in Houston. Uh, he came out of the bullpen and pitched uh, you know, really solidly, and I... I, I I can't remember if he got the win or not, but he definitely was a factor down down the stretch. So he has he has the ability to be a guy you can rely on. We just haven't seen it consistently yet. Yeah, I agree, and I I think um, you know I think if Jimmy Nelson does enough in spring training, I think they're going to go with him. Uh, you know, he's got major league experience. Obviously, he's he's had tremendous success starting. Uh, but I, I think they're looking at him as, as a reliever. I think they're going to try to build him up a little bit, uh, possibly you know go one, two, three, four innings out of the bullpen if necessary. Uh, but I think that's their plan for this guy. And I, I think you know maybe he doesn't necessarily want to be a reliever. I think he's just probably his you know preference is to be a starter. I think if he goes out in spring training and, and is you know the Jimmy Nelson of old, I don't think they keep him off the roster. I really don't. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I still do not know if they're going to go 14 pitchers and 12 hitters or 13 and 13. 
That is something I would definitely like to get an answer on sooner rather than later so we can get some kind of clarification on how to predict this roster. But I don't know. It's pretty tough. I could see only maybe they have to have a right-handed bat off the bench besides Barnes and is Taylor really enough? I'm not certain about that. But honestly, it could really just come down to Matt Beatty versus Edwin Rios, which kind of sounds like an old cliche. But at this point, it seems like just given how few roster spots are available, these two are probably going to battle it out, and there might only be one. I think, I without, think so, too. Yeah. I think without the DH, it's a lot harder to not carry more hitters on the bench. And the reason for that is, is because when you have the pitcher coming up, uh, whether it's your starter uh, after a few turns around in the order or your reliever later in the game or you're making double switches, you're going to burn your bench. And so I think it's advantageous at least to have at least one or two extra bats on the bench. And I and I honestly don't think that that Taylor is enough because I think Taylor is going to get a, uh, a line share of the starts. I mean, he's going to play literally everywhere. And so when you have him start... I think you're going to need a guy, a right-handed bat, uh, a pinch hitter role coming off the bench in a in a late, you know, key situation. I agree, and I, I think you know we we've we're going to get the Dave Roberts of old. I mean, last year it was pretty simple for him to manage, frankly, with the DH. I mean, he didn't have to make a lot of hard decisions that he's going to have to make this year. And you know, we've seen how that's gone in the past. It's it's you know, it's we never really know what we're gonna get with Dave Roberts and, and his decision making. Uh, luckily, it, you know, it worked out for us last year. Obviously, I mean, he managed the shit out of those last couple games. But uh, like you said, Jake, these having pitchers hit is gonna be another curveball, and it's gonna trigger some of the Dave Roberts decisions that we're not too too fond of. So it's going to be interesting to see how many hitters they, they carry. And, you know, it's it's tough if Barnes is your only righty off the bench because you don't really want to burn him as a pinch hitter. Uh, you don't really have an emergency catcher. Uh, and we've seen, you know, catchers get hurt and, and things go south pretty quickly. So that, that's a tough, tough situation, which makes me lean that maybe Peters or Davidson or, or Noisy is going to be on the roster. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, until someone pops up in the chat and maybe has a question, I'm looking ahead. Uh, I believe Clayton Kershaw is scheduled to make his spring training debut on Friday. For some reason, the opponent is not up, which I... It's the Royals. There you go. So the Royals. And then Saturday... Against the Padres, we got Trevor this is a good Bauer. One. Yeah, this is this is musty theater. Yeah, Trevor Bauer versus Chris Paddock. Woof! Absolute <laughs> woof city. <laughs> David, I'll let you take this one first, man. I mean, look, I'm excited for Saturday. I'm excited to see Trevor Bauer, and I'm excited to see Chris Paddock. You know, I'll, I'll give Paddock credit. He pitched well in his first outing in spring training. He went two innings, didn't give up a run. Not sure if he gave up a hit. Uh, but, look, I mean, Paddock is the guy that they basically refused to pitch in the NLDS. He was the only pitcher on the roster who didn't see one out of work. Uh, they hit him. They were hiding him. And this is a guy who's, you know, been a highly touted arm for them for ever since they acquired him. So, look, I don't think Chris Paddock is good. That's that's not a secret for me. But he's got a lot to prove. He looked good in his first outing. So I'm I'm looking forward to Saturday. I, obviously, you know, Clayton Kershaw is always must-watch TV. But 
Clayton Kirsch, this is not his first rodeo. It's not his second rodeo. It's not his third rodeo. So he's going to do whatever the hell he's going to do, and he'll be fine in the regular season. Uh, but mostly Saturday is going to be must-watch TV. Uh, also, uh, for Kershaw, he's expected to go two innings. Uh, and Kenley Jansen is also expected to make another spring appearance. He looked really good in his first outing. Um, over the next two games, he's going to be uh, in those games. But yeah, I mean, for for Trevor Bauer, I, I think it, you know it's it's the reigning NL Cy Young versus the Mall Cop, and I think you know it'll be interesting to see. You know, we're, we'll get our first kind of look. I don't know what the lineups are going to look like, obviously, but we'll we'll get our first look at the the new rivalry uh, in the NL West that everyone is uh, is is touting right now, and everyone thinks that the. Uh, the Padres are going to, you know, somehow upset the Dodgers. You know, a lot of people are talking about that or they'll at least give them a run for their money. Um, regardless, it's going to be a really fun year. I think in the NL West, we saw how tempers flared in the postseason between Machado and Gratterall and how uh, Bellinger robbed Tatis Jr. I mean, it, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, if you are a fan of the NL West. But I do have a, a question for you guys. I don't know you, if you guys have seen, uh, speaking of Trevor Bauer, seen his uh, his spring training vlog. But he posted it on his, uh, uh, or Momentum, his company posted it on their YouTube page. And this is the kind of content that I was looking forward to when the Dodgers signed him. Like, I, uh, you know, I, I really think that Sportsnet LA does a great job of their backstage Dodgers and stuff. But this guy is, you know, embedded obviously with the team. And so he's got much more access to these guys. And I just thought that overall his, his vlog was really, really cool and interesting about how he wakes up, you know, super early in the morning. He's got to drive in and all the, you know, the different workouts that he has to go through. And then, uh, he'll set the camera on the ground and you'll see the pitchers, uh, either, you know, do PFPs or do conditioning. And there was a funny clip of, uh, you know, apparently Blake Trinan takes conditioning very seriously because uh, there was a, there was a clip of uh, Blake Trinan basically, you know, egging on all the rest of the pitchers to to beat him in a foot race, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I just think that that type of content is is stuff that you know we've all been craving as fans, uh, and it's just cool to see someone who is as uh, you know uh, tapped into that, and I just. Wanted to get your guys' thoughts on on that type of stuff. Yeah, I haven't gotten to see the vlog yet, but we did see Trevor Bauer a few days ago, and we went live on this app right after that performance. He mentioned uh, after his two-inning appearance where he only needed to make 28 pitches, he's in spring training mode right now where he's only looking to throw about 30 to 40 pitches, and he only needed 28, as I just mentioned. So I think he'll be around the same figure again. He's going to be tinkering with certain pitches, um, and he, he looks to build it up as spring training progresses. But so don't overreact if Trevor Bauer gives up a run or anything, because right now he has like 10 different pitches he wants to mix and match. So that's just something to be aware of going in. Um, also, I just want to I think uh, Dave Roberts is having his media availability right now. And there's just a couple of news and notes that I wanted to pass along. So apparently Nelson will go. Uh, at least two innings tonight. Uh, Josiah Gray will go maybe one or two innings. Uh, Cody Bellinger is progressing really well. Uh, he's participating in drills and batting practice. And um, we uh, we haven't seen David Price yet. Um, and they're kind of easing him back in. Remember, he missed an entire season last year. So they're easing him back in. 
and Robert said there's no reason to push him right now, and he hopes to get him into games uh, next week. So uh, just a couple of news and notes for you there. We got my man Garrett up here. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm good, Kevin. Um, I'm good, Jay and David. Um, um, possible four to five tour player. Do we finally see Gavin Lux put it all together? Even though he he's probably going to share in the platoon role with Chris Taylor at second base. Do we finally see him put it all together this year, or um, or do we see Corey Seager finally, um, or 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 does Corey Seager maybe regress a little bit? But for me, it, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Gavin Lux uh, having a breakout year. Um, I think, and we've talked about this before. I think the only thing preventing Corey Seager from having a monster season is his health. So if he's healthy, he's gonna you know have you know maybe even a better season than 2020. So I'm gonna go uh, with Gavin Lux being the the starting second baseman for the Dodgers. He's gonna finally take over that spot. And he's going to uh, live up to the hype. Good. I'm going to go the opposite of Jake. Corey Seager ain't regressing, baby. He's only 26. He is just entering the prime of his career. And if I saw, I saw enough last season. He was hitting the he was hitting the ball harder than anyone. 307 batting average, 15 home runs regular season, eight home runs in the postseason. He's fully healthy. Injuries are in the back burner now. He had all the surgeries needed to get where he needs to be. Corey Seager is due for another breakout season. He's entering that free agent market, and he's going to be the highest-paid shortstop this upcoming offseason. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I, I, I understand the rules are, are I can't pick both. Uh, I would if I could, uh, but I'm going to go with, with Lux, uh, simply because I don't think Corey Seager's pace, what he did in the playoffs last year, is sustainable for anybody. Uh, I think there's naturally going to be somewhat of a regression and by regression I still think he makes the all-star team uh, I just don't think he can sustain that pace where it was just home run home run double double home run double just the whole season uh, and I think this is Gavin Lux's year I, I really really do uh, you know we see his confidence uh, just basically take off even though it's only been a couple of spring training games he just looks like he's comfortable he looks like he belongs uh, and this talent has been bottling up inside of him for for several years now, and I think it's I think it's about to explode. So I'm going to go with with Lux. Which of these three, um, between Urias, Goslin, and May, either starts either starts in the bullpen or I guess not with the team for lack of a better term. Between Goslin, Dustin May, and Julio Urias, which of those three um, may not be in the rotation due to the sheer depth that, that you guys have? I think, I think Urias is going to make the starting rotation. Um, I, I think that he's, he's earned it and uh, he's proven that he can be uh, a, a fifth starter. Uh, and, and that's really the only, you know, option open right now is the fifth starter, unless they go to a six man rotation, which they haven't really uh, talked about. So I'm going to stick with, uh, with Urias being in the starting rotation but if May and or Gonsolin make the opening day roster, they will have uh, ample starts, uh, spot starts throughout the year. Yeah, I'm going with Urias as the number five starter. I'm going with May uh, making the opening day roster, maybe pitching out of the bullpen, maybe getting some spot starts. And I think Gonsolin either starts the year in at the alternate site because the AAA season is postponed a year, so he'll be starting at the alternate site. 
Or or we see him both out of the bullpen. You know, he only pitched an inning the other day. I think he could thrive in a bullpen role. He pitched in the bullpen uh, in, in the minors. He's done it before. He's actually closed before. Uh, so I, I think that's a role that, that they could be looking at Gonsolin for, especially with this surplus of starters. So, yeah, my answer is Arias is the fifth starter, May in the bullpen or, or getting spot starts or even the sixth starter, and Gonsolin either in the bullpen or at the alternate side to start. I'm going to go with a different answer, and it's basically what we saw exactly a year ago. If you recall correctly, Dustin May was actually the one who was the odd man out and got called up last second due to Clayton Kershaw's back injury. But thankfully, Dustin May was a beast, and no doubt about it, I think of these three pitchers, he has the highest ceiling. But I'm actually going to say he's the odd man out looking in, and as I already mentioned earlier in this episode, I just it's, I just think it's because they want to find Dustin May a consistent role and not have him go back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation. I think if you keep him at the alternative site, it's going to benefit him in the long run because, one, you keep his innings down, and two, you can just kind of work with him more independently on his off-speed pitches. A guy like Gonsolin, he's more accustomed to starting and bullpen and back and forth, and Urias is a lock for sure. So I think that's kind of how I see things right now. No knock on Dustin May because David in the chat mentions Gonsolin has been better than May in the past these last two seasons, but do you think this is the year May takes over? And my answer is yes. Just because you don't start on the opening day roster doesn't mean you could have an impact long-term this season. Yeah, Dustin May is is someone that um, also, too, I mean, when you think about guys that have been not necessarily held back, but not given the full opportunity to to have that spot on the roster or have that spot in the rotation. We mentioned Gavin Lux is one of those guys with the with the proverbial training wheels on. Uh, Dustin May is another one of those guys. Tony Gonsolin. Um, it's just it's just too crowded. But like we've mentioned before, like you know, Kershaw's getting older. He's you know he's injury prone. He's been injured the last few seasons. He's missed starts. Heck, he even missed opening day last year, and Dustin May was the was the opening day starter uh, replacing Kershaw. Which, by the way, we have not found out who the opening day starter is, but all accounts are pointing to Kershaw just because he is the man. But um, yeah, so Kershaw, David Price, we don't know what we're going to get out of him. Uh, Walker Bueller, uh, hopefully he doesn't have any sort of blister issues, but that's always a concern. So. All these guys that the Dodgers have, whether whether you're talking about May or Gonsolin, Josiah Gray, Jimmy Nelson, uh, all those guys have uh, ha- are going to start this year if they're healthy because we're we're going to need it. We're we're definitely going to need it. They're they're playing by all accounts. They're playing 162 this year, so they're they're going to need every last one of these guys. Yeah, I I hear you, Kevin. I, I you know it's possible that. May starts in, in the alternate site. It's possible that May and Gonson start at the alternate site. But I think the Dodgers see it. I think the Dodgers see what Dustin May is capable of. And we saw – the thing I want to highlight about May is, is his breaking ball. Uh, we saw it working in his, in his outing the other night. And if he can get that consistently, he is – there's no limits for this guy. And I don't think they want to have him just throwing at the alternate site and not utilizing this guy's talent, even if it's out of the bullpen. Uh, I just don't see him not making the opening day roster if he's, you know, got a couple more outings and he showcases the breaking ball and it's really working. And, and there's just no way you keep him off the roster. I just can't see it. 
What about some other guys like like Vasia? I mean, he you know he looked a little a little shaky coming out of the bullpen, um, but he's the guy we got for uh, from the Marlins for Dylan Floro. Um, he could definitely be a guy that could make the opening day roster. Of course, that you know that lefty quote unquote lefty specialist role that um, that Scott Alexander's in the running for. We know Victor Gonzalez is a lock, but there but there should be a secondary lefty in the bullpen. What do you guys make of the uh, competition between Vasia and Scott Alexander? We've not seen uh, no, we saw Scott Alexander last night, right? So we've seen him once. Yeah, it was like the most Scott Alexander outing of all time. He like got himself into trouble, like couldn't really locate. The umpire kind of hosed him a bit on one call that ended up being a walk, and then you know, typical Scotty handlebars, he got out of the gym. Uh, but look, I could see neither of these guys making the roster. Frankly, uh, you know, with with Gonzalez there, uh, you know, Clevenger's looked better than than both of them so far. So who knows what's going to happen with this? I, I I truly don't know. I think we're going to have to wait and see how these guys do in the next in the next couple weeks in spring training. But Vessi is an intriguing prospect. We kind of know what we're going to get with Alexander. Um, it's all a matter of who 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 goes out and takes it in the next couple weeks. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't go with Alexander because we know what we get with him. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I think I think that I, I think there are other options that are better than him at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, we it's it's more interesting to see you know how Vessi is going to do and how the how these young Clevenger is going to do. So those are the guys who got to have to go and take it. Uh, and if they don't, I think you know Alexander is going to be the guy by default. Vessi for sure has the highest ceiling. We've only seen him once so far this spring training, and he gave up a run. We've seen Garrett Clevenger twice. One outing, he looked really sharp. This first outing, he gave up a run, was squeezed a little bit. Scott Alexander loaded up the bases just the other night, got out of it with a double play. Uh, probably going to go with the veteran to start, which is not necessarily a bad thing because Clevenger and Vessi are still really new to this organization. And I'm sure the Dodgers want to work with these guys really closely get their mechanics on point because what's really the rush to throw them out there into the fire, April, May, it's all irrelevant. You want to get these guys right when it, when the season is actually on the line. So I'm perfectly fine starting the year off. If it's got to be Alexander. Um, We have a question in the chat that I'd like to pose to you guys. It may bring us to the five o'clock hour, which uh, is when we'll hop off for the Dodgers game, but just to kind of, Round things out. David Vargas asks, who do you guys think has a better season this year, Belly or Seager? David, what do you think? Yeah, I'll start with this one because I know Kevin's answer. Uh, I don't. I think both are going to be all-stars this year. I really, really do. I think Bellinger is due for a comeback. You know, he had a slow start in 2020, and basically if you started slow in 2020, by the time you got, you know, hot, it was already the playoffs. So, I think his shoulder is going to be just fine. He's he's on track. They're going to, we're going to see him in action in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and like we've mentioned before on on the actual podcast, the use of in-game video is bigger for Cody Bellinger than it is for anyone on the Dodgers. Uh, he attributed his 2019 NL MVP campaign basically to video. Uh, and and you know if you don't know, it wasn't allowed last year in, in the shortened pandemic season. Uh, and it is going to be allowed this year. So I think Bellinger is due for a huge, huge season. I don't think we're going to get 2019 numbers per se, but I think he's going to be just, just short of those. And I think he's going to be an all-star. And to answer the question, that's not even a shot at Seager. I think Seager's going to have a hell of a year. Uh, but between the two, I think Bellinger is, is going to be back to 2019 version of Cody Bellinger. 
Um, I know, I know what, uh, again, I know what Kevin's going to say, but I, I'm going to just jump in before he, before he talks about Corey Seager. I, I think Corey Seager will have the better season. Um, I think of the two, uh, he is the most healthy at this point. Uh, we know that Ballinger is recovering from shoulder surgery, so we don't really know what we're going to get, um, out the gate. He said that he uh, has been progressing further, uh, faster than he expected to. So that's good. Um, but we haven't seen him in there yet. Uh, we, we don't know when we'll, we'll get to see him, uh, in spring training. And I just think that, that belly will, he'll, he'll come out of the gate slow. I think, I, I just think that yeah. there's just a lot for him to adjust back to, especially recovering from that, from that injury. Um, and it'll get, it'll take him a little bit to get going, but I think Corey Seager already, we've seen him in spring training. I mean, I think he, he's, he's just, he's just locked in. He, he's Corey Seager has ascended to a new level of of just freakishly good that we've never seen before. Yeah, and I'll I'll break the tie here. You guys already know my answer. It's Corey Seager, who does not look like that skinny vegan Corey Seager a couple of years ago. <laughs> he looks yoked now. I'd love to see a picture of him flexing because I have no doubt he's ripped. But calm down, Kevin. Jake's yeah. already Jake's already mentioned. Re- reel shoulder. it in. The shoulder is something to be concerned about. You can say you're doing fine and on track and all that, all you want. I've seen enough history now. When you have a shoulder surgery and you're going to probably miss most of spring training, you are going to get off to a slow start. Too many guys have said it in the past. Matt Kemp, Hanley Ramirez, I think even Ryan Braun. But you name it, once you have that surgery, it throws you off and you might be off your game for a year. Now, I don't necessarily think that's going to affect Bellinger's entire season because I think in the second half, he could get scorching hot and be there in the postseason. But, yeah, you got to give it to Corey Seager. He is just entering his prime right now. He'll be 27 throughout most of this 2021 season. He's also playing for a big contract, so he has that motivating factor behind it as well. But assuming he's healthy, because I don't really buy into the whole injury-prone narrative, that was just a one-time thing. Seager is locked in, big season. He'll be the second-best hitter on the team behind Mookie Betts, of course. And he'll be an all-star. I am very confident in Mr. Seeger. So I think this brings us to a good point here where we can just get in our final thoughts and then we can all go watch this upcoming spring training game where we got Jimmy Nelson on the mound taking on the Chicago Cubs. So why don't I start with Jake? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for this game. I really am. Uh, it's, been, it's been too long since we've seen Jimmy Nelson pitch been too long since we've seen Josiah Gray pitch both those guys I don't think I don't think Nelson pitched in the in the spring training last year from what I remember but the last time we saw uh, Josiah Gray pitch was in the uh, in the uh, sort of intra squad spring training uh, exhibition last game against Ex- the Angels oh okay yes uh, at the exhibition game against the Angels so we, we've not seen them in a long time is my point uh, so I'm excited to see those guys pitch um, I'm also excited to see uh, the rest of the guys that we've talked about, Zach McKinstry. Uh, I want to see how Mookie Betts is progressing, even though he's going to be, uh, you know, all world this year. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an exciting time uh, to be a Dodgers fan. There's just so many good, we have so many good problems to have, and that's what makes it so fun. I'm with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to Josiah Gray and Jimmy Nelson tonight. Uh, obviously my man Trinan is, is going to, you know, do his thing, but th- those are the two guys I'm most looking forward to tonight. Uh, look, like I said, I- I've told you guys this before. I'm just ready for regular baseball. I'm ready for the opening day. Uh, so this is just a bonus for me. You know, it's nice to see the young guys pitch and, and hit and-, and field, but 
this Dodgers team is, is basically unfair, and I'm just ready to get the season started. Yeah. Me too, April 1st at Colorado against the Rockies. But, yeah, it's a great time to be a Dodgers fan. And I'm just using this spring training right now to just evaluate the young talent. It's great to see the James Outmans of the world and the Edwin Ucentas, the Pepios, you name it. Sheldon Noisy. The list just goes on. Zach McKendry. There's just so many young guys. And as Dodger fans, we're all just looking forward to who's going to be that next star, whether it's off the bench or in the lineup, because there are just a number of guys there who could make an impact, even though as jacked up as this lineup's been, it's always you have your X factors, whether it's that Kike Hernandez home run off AJ Minter. So sometimes it's not always about the super superstars who shine. Sometimes it's just about the depth. And I'm going to close it out with that. So thank you guys all for tuning in with us. Go Dodgers. Make sure to subscribe to Meeting on the Mound with Jake Reiner. He's got an exciting episode coming up over here at the Incline. Make sure to subscribe to us as well. We're going to be back next week, of course. And we're hoping to bring you guys some exciting guests as well. But I hope you all have a great week and weekend ahead. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.